The question is this, what is it that has some of us find our way to the top of our game, to overcome adversity and challenges, resistance and self-sabotage, to rise from the ashes time and time again? What is it that has everyday people just like you and I act boldly in the name of their passions and live out their wildest dreams in this lifetime? That is the question, and this podcast has the answers. My name is Carrie McCauley, and this is Choose Unstoppable. Hello and welcome to Choose Unstoppable. My name is Carrie McCauley and today, you guys, we are in for such a treat. We're here with Jeremy Slate. He is the founder of the top-ranking podcast, Create Your Own Life, which studies the highest performers in the new world, which is going to be my new binging obsession, I can already tell. He was ranked number one in iTunes, you guys. That is not an easy feat in the new category, as well as 78 in iTunes, top 100. Congrats to you. He also studied literature at Oxford University. And if that wasn't enough, Jeremy was also named a top influencer by Forbes and has now founded Command Your Brand to help entrepreneurs get their message out by appearing on podcasts. You're being a great demonstration of your work here today, my friend. Uh, Hello and welcome. And thanks so much for being here. Hey, Carrie, thank you so much for having me. I'm just excited to offer some value today. So I appreciate your time. Oh, I appreciate you. Well, first of all, congrats on all your success. Thank you. Uh, I am very, very impressed. But I also know that nobody just lands on the top of a mountain. Uh, Wait, it doesn't happen like that? I know. I know. Uh, As many uh, times as we are told how (laughs) quick and easy that the road can be. But it definitely comes with its scrapes and bruises. And I can only assume your story is no different. I don't know too much about your story. So I'm here super interested and super excited to not only learn a little bit more about you, but just another uh, example of what the path to to success can look like as an entrepreneur, because it's very different for all of us. And Yeah. uh, yeah, I'm just super, super happy to hear your journey. So if I could ask you to like bounce back a few years, who knows how far, a few decades, if you need to (laughs) shine a light on the, the pre successful you. Well, I don't know if it's decades. I'm only in my mid thirties. So like, uh, decades might be a little funny. I might be 12. Um, (laughs) I get, it's funny though, because you're, you're hundred percent, right? Like, it's not like this, you know, the skies open up and you know, and like, you know, you kind of know where you're going to go. Like for me, um, I have a master's degree in early Roman empire propaganda, not a very applicable skill in the world of like getting a job. Like there's not people lining up for that. Um, as you mentioned, you know, I, I studied in England for a little bit. So my real goal was to be a college professor. And I applied to one school, which is NYU. Um, I didn't get in. Um, and it, it's kind of weird because it's like if you really wanted to do something, you probably would have applied to more schools like that thinking like, hey, I'm really going to make this happen. But I applied to one and didn't get in. So I came out of a really bad economy, which is like in 2011 for, for getting a job. And I was in this weird position of, you know, you have a master's degree, so you're overqualified for every job. But you don't have a PhD. So you're underqualified for all those jobs. So like everybody's like, so we're not going to hire you. So basically what I ended up doing was working at a gym at night as the nighttime manager. Um, cause I've been a competitive powerlifter since my, you know, my late teens, early twenties. Um, and during the day I was painting houses and I worked for this like older house painter guy that like we did everything by hand. Like we scraped houses, we used brushes, there was no sprayer. So like it was intense work. So I was doing this like 16, 17 hours a day, um, and you know, just some time to eat and then pretty much go home. Like that was my day for a little over a year. And, uh, 
I ended up running into a friend in my family that was like, Hey, you know, the private school I'm at is looking for teachers, you know, like you'd be really good at that. So I ended up getting my first teaching job in 2012. And surprisingly, I wasn't very good at it. I, they, they threw me in a room with 40 kids and they're kind of like, good luck. Cause you have no formal training in or anything like that. And I don't want to sound old, but like when I was in high school, people like if they had a flip track phone, it was like a big deal. So like the, the thing now is everybody like tries to get you mad so they can get you on YouTube or put you on TikTok or something. So that was my every single day to like, how far can we push him? Um, and a couple of times they pushed me too far where other teachers came in and they're like, why are you so loud? Um, so like that was kind of my day every single day. And then in 2012, my mom ended up having a really bad stroke mm. and it made me look at a lot of different things I was doing. And I'm like, you know, like, is this it? Like, am I going to go to work every day, be miserable and do this for, you know, 40 years? Because um, my dad's a very self-made guy. He, you know, started the machine shop at a company and worked his way up to being the president of that company. But like, his idea of work was that. So like, that was my, what I had kind of modeled after. And it was like, do I want to do this for that amount of time? So uh, my wife was presented with a network marketing opportunity, which I didn't know what that was. So I was like, dude, a million bucks in like three days. I just got to find me two people. So like that was kind of my first like uh, foray into that. And I got really good at one thing. And that was creating credit card debt. That's not a skill you really want to flex, but that's what I was doing. And I did it for a couple of years, probably a little longer than I should have. And uh, I was like, okay, this kind of stinks. I ended up selling life insurance, which I was really, really good at. But I hated sitting down with people and being like, so you're going to die. You should probably buy this. It just wasn't fun. But I, I was making money doing it. But I wasn't really like liking myself. So I went from there to actually uh, private labeling and selling products on Amazon. And uh, I left the get my product for $1 promo code on my listing because there's like a little checkbox. If you check it, your promo code is right there. I lost all 200 of my products in about 20 minutes to the same address in Maryland. And that was the end of my career. So I, I had failed at like all these different things. And it's like, dude, like, what am I going to do with my life? Like, yeah. I was in this weird position. So I started reading a lot of blogs and watching YouTube videos and stuff. And I taught myself how to build websites. So I was coding websites uh, for a friend's marketing firm, just as like, a, as a job to just pay the bills. And I'd listened to podcasts since like 2007. So I'm like, okay, I, I guess I'll start a podcast. So my first attempt was called Rock Your Life. It was absolutely horrible. It was me talking to my MacBook with no miking, and I thought I was like a life coach or something, which I'm the <laughs> furthest thing from. Like I totally lack empathy. So like I just wasn't very good at it. So I quit that in about 60 days. And it took about six months before I started, finally started Create Your Own Life, which took off, had 10,000 listens in its first 30 days, and led us to creating the agency and everything else. So it's, it's like you say, like it's not like the skies open up and you know it and you know it's going to be easy. It's a long and winding road, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I have visions of you back in your painting days of like, you know, being the karate kid with Mr. Miyagi, just like one stroke up, one stroke down. And it's like, you're <laughs> that's, that's about right. Yeah, it's like your entire oh journey gosh. has. And you're, you're up on these like 40 foot wooden ladders. Like if you've ever been 40 feet above the ground on a ladder, no, it takes some getting used to because you're but you know, like you can I'm not afraid of heights anymore. I'll just say that. Um, but you do everything by hand, too, because he does it old school. So you're scraping it with a hand scraper. Yeah. Like you're not using sanders. You're like, use a four inch brush to paint the house. You don't use sprayers. So like, like this was kind of like beat yourself up hard work. Yeah, like it is. <laughs> it, but it is where discipline began for you. Yeah, I mean, obviously yeah. through education and all of that, but it really is the discipline to do something that may have occurred as beneath you. I don't know if that's, you know, but like not, like I, not I don't think anything job. was ever not, beneath me. Yeah. Not beneath you, but yeah. not your dream. It wasn't your end yeah. dream goal. And here you are still showing up day after yeah. day, 18 hour days, whatever, however long that was mm -hmm. and really starting to shape yourself 
as an entrepreneur for sure. And you know what's you know what's really interesting about that too, uh, Carrie is like you mentioned like you know this wasn't like my dreamer goal. I didn't have a dreamer goal at 18, 19, 20 years old, 22 years old because I'd never really explored that. And that's why I think like you know those few years of like trying something that didn't work, trying something that didn't work, trying something that didn't work, you start to figure out what is my goal. And I think that's one of the biggest things missing in education right now. Like 17, 18 years old, you say to somebody, all right, decide what you're going to do for the rest of your life. And when you get out, you probably won't get a job in it anyway. So like, it's like, there really should be some sort of like something else there. Like, I don't know if it's an apprenticeship. I don't know what it is. Like we work for a bit, figure it out. And if you got to go to college, go for it. But like, you know, yeah. And at the very least, some acceptance, if you don't know what it is, I think right. there's pressure to know, as opposed to just do a bunch of stuff and figure out what you don't want. And you'll probably stumble into what you do want. I think that that is missing the open, uh, like curious discovery phase yeah. isn't really, you know, condoned. It's like, figure it out now, or you're in some serious trouble. Well, and let's um, look at the last 10 years, right? Like how much technology that exists now, like, people yeah. thought was crazy 10 years ago. Like, like, you yeah. know, people couldn't think we're doing what we're doing now. Like, you know, you go on your cell phone and you call an Uber, like what? Yeah. So like people <laughs> yeah. didn't think these things were, were there. So people are going to school for careers, take spend a lot of money to do it that may not even be there or exist, you know, when they get there. So I, I agree. I do have to ask you a question though, because so let's, you know, you've obviously got, gone through kind of trial after trial after trial podcasts back in 2007 were a, you know, kind of a, a new phenomenon. It wasn't the masses hadn't embraced it. They were a little weird stretch. at that point in time. Yeah, it was, a, it was a little weird. Um, so, you know, God bless you for like carving that path out. But what was it, do you think about you that said my voice needs to be heard or this message needs to be heard. And so I'm going to be the one. Cause I think a lot of us can kind of have great ideas. Like even to, in today, start a podcast, start a YouTube channel, start doing something, share what I have to offer. And then instantly what comes up is who's going to want to listen to me? Like, what do I have to say? I think that's, you know, this kind of like imposter syndrome. What, what, what do you think it was about you that was like, this, this needs to get done? Well, I'll say, first of all, like, you know, like, I guess this is the one spot where college helped me. Like, had I not like had the coolest college professor that anybody could ever have, which I'm still friends with to this day, I wouldn't have known podcasts were a thing. Like coming to his office, I'm like, what are you listening to? He's like, oh, it's a podcast. And it was called the No Agenda Show. And they're basically just making fun of the news. And I still listen to this day. They're on like 1200 episodes or something like that. Um, so like, I had always been a fan, like I'd always been interested in something like that. And I guess I got to the point where I'm like, I failed at a lot of things. And, and what was the thing that was wrong? Well, I tried to go from student to teacher. For me, like being the ultimate student was something I was interested in. It was fun for me. It was exciting for me. And when I went to do the podcast, I actually went back to approaching it as a student, like where I'm learning right along with the audience. And I think that's the difference, right? Like that's what actually really embraced what I'm good at. Like what I'm able to do well is, is learn and, and have a conversation and, uh, you know, really educate myself from cool people when I have access to them. So I, I think the difference there is, I wasn't approaching it like, because I, as I said, I had this first podcast. It was trash. It was horrible. Um, I approached that as I was the expert. And I, I wasn't an expert in anything. I was 25 years old, 26 years old. Like, I didn't know anything about anything. Like, I had no life experience at that point in time like I do now. And I, I think it, it doesn't really come off as genuine, right? It doesn't really come off as, as authentic. And approaching it more as a student, I think I've been able to help a lot more people. And I've been able to kind of be in my space of genius, which is you know, having these awesome conversations and learning from people. So I think that's where it went well. It wasn't like, oh my gosh, my voice needs to be heard. It was like, 
who do I want to learn from and how can I build it big so I can learn from bigger people? You know what I mean? Like it's part of it was a little bit of selfishness, I'll be honest. But then it kind of, as you get better at, you realize how many people you're helping because you get some pretty awesome feedback. Like I, I got an email about a year ago from somebody that growing up, um, I really admired. Like I had a lot of admiration for it. It was like a, year, a, a guy growing up a year older than me. And I got an email I feel like I said a year ago, but it's probably in March because it feels this has been the yeah. longest year anybody's ever <laughs> the lived The longest through. eight months <laughs> of my life. Yeah, it's like a decade. Yeah, yeah. so it's like, yes, it's 2030 already. Um, so he sent me this email. He's like, hey, I've been listening to your podcast for five years. I'm like, wow, that's pretty incredible because this is somebody I looked up to. He's like, you know, I went through a really bad divorce recently. I, I found out my wife had been cheating on me for a while and I didn't know and like I was really struggling. And he goes, in your podcast, like, got me through like listening to these conversations you're having. I'm like that. And that in itself, like really helps you realize the impact that you're making in the people you're talking to. And that's really why I do it every single day. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Those personal, um, li- the, the live, the personal lives of people that you touch, um, ultimately that, that we touch that you would have never known otherwise. Like yeah. had you not got that email, you just I had no, no never idea. C- can comprehend the difference that you're making. Uh, yeah, I, I love the lesson in, cause I think so many of us hold ourselves back thinking, um, I'm just, I'm not an expert or there's someone who knows more, or there's yeah. someone who's already doing this. And so we'll stop ourselves short from starting something or putting ourselves out there. And I think mm-hmm. just, just if there's something that you want to learn, bring other people along with you because they want to learn it too. That's enough to start. Mm-hmm. There's more than enough to start. Well, it's like the Socratic method of learning. You know what I mean? You, yeah. learn, by, you learn by questioning and you learn by by doing it with other people. Like it's, it's a really powerful way to do it and you don't have to be the expert. Now, it doesn't mean like you don't have to try to learn more and try, try to eventually be the expert because um, I think you can put yourself in a weird situation there, but you don't have to be the expert to start exploring that. Yeah, so great. I'm sure for you, you know, the amount that you've grown from just yeah. participating in those conversations, uh, even like w- with uh, Choose Unstoppable, with this podcast, I like my own resilience and my own ability to look at things differently is just massively transforming constantly. And I'm eternally, eternally grateful for it. Okay, so that's amazing. You have this incredible podcast big high fives for you. Then you kind of morph your knowledge and your expertise Mm -hmm. into something called command your brand. Yeah. Uh, And uh, would you say that was a big departure? Like, was it a whole new learning curve? Where did, how did that come to be? Um, So I have the smartest wife in the world. Um, (laughs) She's been in PR for about 12 years now at this point. Um, So she's, been, you know, doing this stuff a long time. And one of the things we did when we launched my show is we're like, all right, we need to get some media. So we looked at like, how can we get some press releases going? How can we get some stuff going? Um, so she got me a couple of newspaper placements. She got me on TV. Um, we started exploring getting another podcast and it was going really well. Mm-hmm. And we had people say to us like, Hey, can you do this for me? So the first person I kind of approached, I let them know that, Hey, I can create a podcast for you. We can do this stuff for you. We'll get you on some podcasts to make it all make sense. And it's going to cost X number of dollars. And he's like, okay, I'll give you 10% of that. So I'm like, great, I'll do it. Um, so I was basically like, you know, doing this for a song and a prayer, um, not really making any money starting out. And what I found out is the first few people we did this for, like, this is great. And I, and I enjoy it. But like, hey, I'm busy, I'm running a company, and I, I don't want to have a podcast. So people started saying, like, can you just keep getting me on shows? That's going really well. So I actually we brought in a, an additional co founder. Um, it was my wife, myself and a, a third person that I'm not legally allowed to talk about. Um, but that 
went well for about nine months. We built a six-figure business very quickly, and it all kind of fell apart. And um, we fought about things for a few months. Um, I had to kind of make things work. Um, I was taking side work to continue paying my employees, basically from the money I would have put food in my own mouth with, mm. because I didn't want to lose them because good people are really, really important. So um, later in 2017, we came out as Command Your Brand with the same team and everything else. And just, you know, this co-founder we had had exited and we had to kind of make things work. So we were kind of in our second year of business, but like a brand new company because people don't know who you are. So all that mm-hmm. success we had created, sure, we knew how to do it, but now we had to convince people we still could do it. So it was kind of an uphill battle, but it went very well. And 2017 was a rough year. 2018 went very well. And then 2019, we doubled revenue and staff and everything else. And then 2020 has been a, a great year. Like we've we've hired up, we're up to 14 people on the team now. Um, we've been helping a lot of amazing, amazing people. Um, but like, let me tell you, like, it, it's not to say that it's easy because it all could have been over four years ago, you know? Yeah, I'd love to kind of shine a light on four years ago, just for a moment, if we could, because again, yeah. I think it's another kind of critical turning point where for some people, they could say to themselves, this wasn't for me. I I, I didn't have what it took or um, let's go back to the life that I knew mm-hmm. as a teacher, even though that wasn't really a long thing for you. But for some people yeah. who finally get the courage to leave their corporate career and try something and they give it their all and all of a sudden you wake up one day and it appears as though everything's crumbled around you. Mm-hmm. What are you saying to yourself? What are you and your wife saying to yourselves that actually has you somehow keep moving ahead? Well, the, the thing we ran into is um, we didn't understand contracts when we like started this business. So like we didn't like, I guess, split things up in the right way. So like we were doing a lot of work, but we weren't making any money. And that was kind of weird. So we knew we could do it. We, we had seen we could do it well. It was just kind of, could we do it without an additional person there to support us? Because I had always thought like I'm bad at sales. I'm not able to do a lot of this stuff. So honestly, it was just kind of going for it. And, you know, having the confidence in ourselves that we could do it because we'd shown ourselves that we could do it, but we needed that sales portion, which is it took me a long time to figure out. And there were a few months, you know, going into that, that, you know, we didn't make any money and I still had to figure out how do you pay people? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I did some fancy dancing again because I never, I've never missed a paycheck for our team. Uh, I have for myself, there's been months where I made nothing, um, but I've never missed a paycheck for our team in the beginning. So that was really tough, but it was having the confidence in my own ability to, to figure it out and continue to explore that and work better. So I got more sales training. Um, I started working it out. Eventually I hired somebody to to do sales full-time, which has really been a huge growth thing for mm. us because, you know, I'm good enough at it, but it's not my, my zone of genius. I'm great at media. I'm great at talking to people and, and uh, great at getting media placements. So I think initially for me, it was having the confidence to do it, realizing it was doing it long enough until I could put somebody there. Yeah. I, I love something that you just said is that, you know, you, you looked back and you'd seen, you'd already done it once so that you could do it again. And I think oftentimes we in times of like quote unquote failure or where we feel like we didn't get the result we wanted, mm-hmm. we don't look back for the, for the wins or for the, for the, the, the actual things that we've succeeded in, in the past yeah. to, to act as proof to say, well, I have succeeded before. It's not that everything I've ever done every time I've tried as a failure and to stand on the shoulders of that and say, well, if I've succeeded before I can succeed again, we get so kind of boxed into the, the, you know, what we're dealing with in the moment that we don't call on past experiences to find that confidence and courage, which you and your wife obviously did so well. But you know, the, funny, the funny thing is though, I'm not that person. 
I was like, oh my God, we're screwed. Um, you know, my, my wife has always been that confident we can figure it out person. So I think it's also important to always have the yin to your yang. You know what I mean? Like to always have the, the person that balances you out. Um, where I can be sometimes a little bit more negative, I'll be honest. Um, but I'm also pretty intense in the way that I will take on big projects and just go for it. But it's Man. important to have that person that balances you out and, you know, celebrates the wins. And she's really, really big on celebrating the wins. And that balances me out. And that's really important. I definitely think in, in all areas of life, having that, that balance is, is a, a luxury and, and, you know, something that not a lot, not everybody has anyways, I shouldn't say not a lot of people. Uh, so that's, that's incredible. Now we are, you know, with Command Your Brand. And so what exactly is it that Command Your Brand offers just so I can understand a little better? So we are a podcast firm for the PR space. So we help people really figure out like, who do you need to be in front of? And like, from a different aspect of that, people are like, so like my audience is blah. And it's like, okay, cool. We look at it even deeper, right? Because you can look at an audience and say, who are their opinion leaders? So like, here's a great example. Like if you look at the financial space, you got Dave Ramsey believes one thing, you got Susie Orman believes another, and you got Grant Cardone believes a whole different. Mm-hmm. So what we actually do is we look at an audience, but then we look at opinion leaders within that. And we say like, who do your people, you know, vibe the most with? Like, so that really gives us a good idea of how they think, how they operate and who they listen to. So then based on that, we're able to really put together um, a great targeting for people. And we also have this, this methodology that we call story message call to action. Tying in your personal story with the three to five key teachable things you want people to walk away with, and then also what you want them to do at the end. But at the same time, it's looking at that through different lenses, right? Like when you and I first started talking here, I'm like, how can I help your people? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes you need to understand like, yes, this is what I want to talk about, but how does that lens that I'm telling the story through fit through what your people need? And I think that's really, really vitally important. So that's a huge thing that we're we're teaching a lot of our clients. And then we're finding great shows and, and getting them booked on those and really making the whole process seamless for them. Awesome. And so would you say your clients are kind of veteran speakers or is it a range? Are they brand new to podcasting? How, what kind of clientele do you have? So it's kind of a range. Like we, we, a lot of the people we work with are founders. We like to call them visionary founders, people that think big, but we have some people that are brand new kind of in their journey and we've had to kind of make some things work for them. But like we, we have one client we're working with right now. We've been a really, really great investment for her when she came to us as kind of, you know, in a rebrand and in a startup mode. So it's like, we're, we're, we're typically working with people that are founders, but we've been very agile in, in helping all different types of people. So great. And honestly, I love that you have really kind of walked the walk of that journey. Like, you know, this world inside and out and you know what it is to be this uh, visionary founder, let's say like someone yeah. who has created something or has put themselves on the line. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, Cause it's, it's a, you know, a really unique and special person who is someone who says, okay, I'm, I'm going to do this and I'm going to put myself out there. I'm going to have my voice be heard. I'm going to share myself, which for many of us can be the most terrifying oh, absolutely. Uh, moment. And so for you to understand both sides of that, situation very, very well. I think, uh, you know, God bless you for actually being someone who's you. now helping people move into that space themselves. Uh, okay. So if people want to learn more about you, they want to learn more about command your brand. How do we do that? Yeah. So, uh, they can check us out over at commandyourbrand.com or if they're kind of interested in figuring out like, Hey, I want to get on podcasts, get out in the right way. I put together an awesome resource for them called the seven reasons you're not getting booked on your favorite podcast. And that's over at commandyourbrand.com slash seven reasons. And the word seven to the number seven will work for that. Oh, amazing. Okay. And I will make sure that all of that goes into the show notes. So for any of you driving, don't stress, don't pull over. I got your back. (laughs) Don't jerk that wheel, man. Stay on the road.
Exactly. <laughs> uh, Jeremy, thank you. Thank you for taking the time for, you know, it's been uh, incredible for me, but also for our listeners at home. So much great information. Awesome. Thanks for having me. All of that detail will go into the show notes uh, for everyone listening at home. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, choose Unstoppable. Thank you so much for listening today. It would mean the world to me if you enjoyed the content to please leave a review and a rating and subscribe to the show. It'll help others find us so that we can spread this important message. We'll see you in the next episode. Until then, choose Unstoppable.